Good afternoon. That sounds like the business buzz is about to begin. I'm your host, Harold Littlejohn. I'll be, I've got a lot of great topics today, and I really think you're going to enjoy uh, these stories that I'm going to be sharing with you. It all has to do with business, money, and the first one actually has to do with uh, faith. Here at KKXX, uh, faith-based uh, life radio, and I have an amazing article that I wanted to share with you. I doubt if you've heard of this. I, I didn't see it on the mainstream television the other day, so I'm not sure that uh, any of you have ever heard of this. But our neighboring country to the north named Canada is a, you know, they're a Western country, supposed to be very forward-thinking, and they have a new law called Bill 89 that, was passed in early June here, and I, it's quite, uh, it's quite amazing. It can allow law enforcement to take away the children of parents who don't accept their kids' gender identity. Hmm. Well, what is that all about? Well, anyway, Ontario, Canada, which is uh, where their cap, the capital there is in uh, Ottawa. They have passed a law that allows government to intervene in family life if parents of children with identity issues uh, don't allow their kids' gender expression. The new law stipulates that children's service workers and family judges take into consideration a child's race, ancestry, place of origin, ethnic, uh, creed, then also sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression when determining what's best for the child, whether they will remain with their parents or foster families. So what, what this is is that they're calling it um, a form of, a, of abuse if a child identifies as one way and a parent is saying, no, you need to do this differently. So what's kind of incredible about this, uh, it says here, uh, if it's abuse and if it's within the definition, a child can be removed from that environment and placed into protection where the abuse stops. Now, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what age limit they're talking here, but I do know that, you know, locally uh, in the U.S., you can have any child under the age of 18, you know, taken away to protect them uh, in a bad household situation. But it sounds like. In, uh, in Canada, and the reason I bring this up is that a lot of times these things end up getting test, sort of test-driven in a different country, and then they end up, you know, spreading to other countries. And I just think it's a little bit of a, of a far-reaching, long-arm of the law to think that what a child might think if, his, if he's a little confused about his gender. I mean, a lot of young children are confused about a lot of things, and... Um, it's just, to me, was very shocking that uh, they would actually pass a law that would do this. And it says here, um, one of these commenters on this was, uh, make no mistake, Bill 89 is a grave threat to Christians and all people of faith who have children or who hope to grow their family through adoption. And he said that authorities now have the wherewithal for law enforcement to bust down your door and seize your biological children if you are known to oppose LGBT ideology and the fraudulent theory of gender identity. Well, I'm not sure that's all really fraudulent, but is it really the place of the is it is it the government's place to defend a child in his own home with his own parents and uh, in case he has some sort of uh, issue with something he heard at school and uh, especially if the school, you know, is preaching a lot of um, openness and uh, different lifestyle teaching. Uh, you could have a young child. You could have a young child come home and and ask questions and sound confused. And uh, anyway, uh, the other the other thing about this is that uh, this commenter on this uh, about this new law was c questioning the the Christian Church, and he says, "Why has the most powerful?" spiritual body in this province, the Catholic hierarchy, not lifted a finger nor raised a voice to oppose this tyranny against Christian families. The lack of spiritual leadership is killing us. 
So anyway, I really wanted to bring that up because there's this whole issue of, you know, isn't the government supposed to be the one serving everybody, not the other way around? But, you know, these kind of things are, they're just kind of, um, they, they're, they kind of raise a little bit of an alarm bell. It's like, okay, what's next? You know, what, what are they going to do next? So, and I mean, uh, you know, you talk about a young child, sure, they can be confused about a lot of things, but isn't that what parents are for? Aren't the parents supposed to guide them and a- answer those questions and, you know, explain these things? I just, I, I really thought that was, that was pretty shocking. So as far as business and the economy, I was talking with Jerry O'Lennon this morning and we were just kind of looking at the, the Dow was down. I think this morning it was down like 95. And then today on my break, I happened to see that the Dow ended down like 150. So what it is is that um, everybody out there who has some money that's stock market sensitive needs to be careful, not because of a day like today. I mean, 150 points, uh, 1% of the Dow now is 214. So a 150-point drop 30 years ago was really a big deal. But right now, it's not even 1%. So it's not a day like today that you really need to, uh, you know, worry on this day what you do need to do is make sure that whatever money you have managed to save in this uh, you know, tough economic world these days, you can't really let it sit there and just be available to be disappearing when, you know, and I say when, I don't say if, when the market crashes, don't know when that's going to happen, but I, it always does, you want to make sure you have some sort of protection you want to make sure you have some sort of insurance, and uh, there are ways to do that. There's investments that aren't so risky to the downside. Some of them are also not as much opportunity on the upside. But what are you really looking for, especially if you're of retirement age? Are you looking to double your money in the next five years like you might have if you had a bought Amazon stock five or ten years ago? Or are you really mainly supposed to be interested in just conserving your money and making sure it's there. I'm not sure who they they credit this to variously, to Mark Twain, to Will Rogers, probably to Benjamin Franklin. But the motto that everybody that's retired or approaching retirement should have is, I'm not so concerned about the return on my investment. I'm concerned about the return of my investment. Now, if you've heard of the word derivatives, it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a word that nobody really discusses the actual meaning because there's so many different types with so many different qualities, time limits, uh, categories of assets. I remember the best definition I've ever really read about derivatives is that they are a combination of future and forward contracts. All that really says is that there's going to be, the number one thing, it's a contract. It's a contract between two parties. So you have one person on one side, one person on the other side. The problem with this derivatives is that back in the 80s and 90s when the markets started becoming computerized, the geniuses of Wall Street, and one of the main uh, one of the main guys in this whole thing was Alan Greenspan, who ended up being the chairman of the Federal Reserve for quite a while. He actually was one of the authors of a computer language called BASIC. I happened to I was going to college in the late 1970s, and I actually learned BASIC in my I had to take some computer classes for my business degree, my accounting degree. And I learned basic and it was, you know, it was pretty cool. It was kind of a plain English computer language. Uh, wasn't that difficult to do simple programs. I did a few and I got some decent grades on them. But anyway, so in the, in the eighties and nineties, when these wall street geniuses decided, Hey, we can computerize all this stuff. They came up with this thing called a derivative 
And the bottom line is it's futures and forward contracts of anything you can think of. And they get traded back and forth. They end up, uh, for instance, the, the large German bank called Deutsche Bank, it is exposed to, now get this, $70 trillion worth of derivatives. That's just one bank. Now, granted, it's a large bank. Now, the other bank that's humongous with this derivative thing is J.P. Morgan Chase, which is uh, the biggest bank in the United States. So anyway, the reason I'm bringing up this thing about derivatives is you hear the word derivative and you just shake your head and say, that's too complicated. Well, it's not too complicated. It's a contract based on some price of an asset in the future, and there's two parties. Someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. Now, there's an article here, and this is a little older. It's from a couple years ago, but it was a good explanation. The name of this article by an author named Michael Edward is Secrets of the Plunge Protection Team. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it, and then I'm going to talk about it. There are just four people who control all of the U.S. markets through their use of dangerous and explosive derivatives. They are risking the assets and retirement funds of all Americans. Because of their manipulations, especially since 2001, U.S. financial markets are now based on the gambling whims of a special fraternity of federal government derivative dealers. This group is known among Wall Street as the Plunge Protection Team. Their official role was to prevent another 1987 Black Monday. Does anyone remember that day in October of 87 where the Stock market lost 25% in a day. Well, after that happened, they decided not to let that happen again. So I'll keep reading. They have the entire U.S. Treasury at their disposal to manipulate the markets through derivatives. In other words, they are using the assets behind the U.S. Treasury, uh, by the way, that's you and my tax dollars, to rig the prices of commodities, gold, currencies, etc., and stocks. This fraternity comprises of Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan, the Secretary of the Treasury, and the heads of the SEC and the Commodity Futures Trading Association. It works closely with all the U.S. exchanges and Wall Street banks, including the largest derivative risk holders, Citibank and J.P. Morgan Chase. Few people are aware of Executive Order 12631 signed by Ronald Reagan, our hero, our conservative hero, on March 18, 1988. In a nutshell, this is the authority behind the four dictators and the laws and regulations that have backed their casino-style derivative gambling spree since 2001. Here are some of the highlights of this executive order to ponder. Now, the official name is called the Working Group on Financial Markets. Uh, It's uh, established a working group of financial markets, Secretary of the Treasury, blah, 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 Board of Governors, the Federal Reserve, blah, blah, blah. Section 2, purposes and functions. A, recognizing the goals of enhancing the integrity, efficiency, orderliness, and competitiveness of our nation's financial markets and maintaining investor confidence. Okay, that's the part I underlined. Um maintaining investor confidence. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to talk about how that is actually playing out in the real world market right now. And uh, the, the thing to remember is that when, when in logic, when in logic would our government use our tax dollars to buy and sell derivatives or stocks? Is that, is that really fair? Um, here's another little snippet in here. And if you, if you guys follow the market, you'll notice this. Since 9-11, there have been at least three major long-term stock market rallies. In all three instances, when the markets opened, all the indexes began to quickly plunge. In each incidence, by early afternoon, the markets were brought back from the brink of collapse to the surprise of everyone, including historical analysts. So I'll be right back after the break with a little bit more about that. And we're going to talk about how that's actually affecting the markets today. Stay tuned.
Mill Creek Restaurant in Los Molinos would like to remind listeners to keep an eye on children at play in the community and look out for any suspicious activity. If you have any information concerning a missing child, call your local authorities immediately. This message from Mill Creek Restaurant. Whether you're barely hungry or hungry as a bear, stop by 8051 State Highway 99 East in Los Molinos. They're serving lunch and dinner and reminding us that it's easier to prevent a child from being taken than to find one who's already missing. The Bible is the Word of God. I don't make it the Word of God. It already is the Word of God. The only information that is correct in this world about how it all began and what God actually did is in the written revelation of God we call the Bible. David Hawking explains why it's the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible this week on Hope for Today. Join us. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. What is your role in the fight against cancer? The answer could be as simple as driving your car. For many cancer patients, getting to and from treatment is one of their toughest challenges. The American Cancer Society needs volunteer drivers to help provide transportation for people in your community. Through the gift of a lift in your car, you can help patients take one more step in the road to recovery. Get in the driver's seat in the fight against cancer. To find out more, call your American Cancer Society at 1-800-227-2345 or visit cancer.org. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. I've just been joined by my co-host, uh, Douglas Broughton. He, uh, he's here on Monday and Wednesday uh, running the Business Buzz, so I wanted to see how he's doing. I know he's always a busy man. What's happening, Douglas? Oh, it's a nice day if you're inside where there's air conditioning. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> or in the swimming pool. <laughs> uh, business kind of gets uh, sidetracked when, when people are... Uh, all frustrated and hot, and they say the highest uh, rate of uh, car accidents is when it's around 98 to 105 degrees. Why would that be? It's something to do with the uh, our bodies are, are uh, irritated at that temperature, and uh, if we're not in a car that's air conditioning, a lot of times people have air conditioning, but then it goes out. Right. Or the radiator heats, or whatever. Yeah, you there's know? another interesting statistic about car accidents. Right. I was I was told right. that ninety percent of all accidents happen within twenty miles of home, so mm-hmm. I moved. <laughs> oh, that's good, Harold. That's good. Did you look? Well, where did you find that? Oh, that's a, it's probably it's either Henny Youngman or Rodney Dangerfield. I'm there, sure. Dangerfield. There's a <laughs> that, household name. That'll date me. <laughs> so, what uh, you been up to? Oh, I've been uh, out recruiting people. I've got a guy that's an electrician that I really like a lot, and I'm going to plug this guy on the air, even though he hasn't joined our CBNA group yet. Now, CBNA, I, tell the audience a little bit about I, that again. I was just going to do that prior to telling about this gentleman that I met, and he's 45 years old, greatest electrician I've ever been around. I mean, the guy's greatest attitude and, uh, and knows his stuff and gets it done. Back to what I was about to say about CBNA. Uh, the letters CBNA stand for Chico Business Network Association, and uh, not to be confused with another group that's called CBN, uh, Chico Business Network. We are the association, so we're we're upgrading our our CBNA. Uh, group. Yeah, right. C- CBNA, and uh, we meet once a week on Tuesdays, eleven thirty to one o'clock in the back conference room in cozy diner a lot of times people don't realize there's that room back there it just looks like a hallway but uh it's kind of neat because it's extremely private and you can you can whisper in there and hear each other talk no it's a great it's a great venue for for business very good and the food there is pretty good in fact uh john castaldo is a friend of mine he and i went to high school together and he's a year younger than I am. I'm not going to say when we graduated, but, you know, he's a great guy. A lot of people know him. He used to own the Cozy Diner. He still owns Cozy Diner. He used to own the Calico Kitchen. In fact, he still owns that. He doesn't own the ones in Paradise. He sold them out. And he used to own Russell's. He sold that out. He's gradually bowing out. He has a business providing tons and tons of meat to restaurants up and down into Oregon, all the way down to uh, Fresno. 
Wow. He orders like 20 tons of chicken at a time. And that's uh, how he keeps the prices. He reasonable. keeps the prices very reasonable. So I'd like to plug John for what he's doing and that he lets us use this conference room back there. And also I'd like to uh, plug uh, CBNA. Uh, I founded it with the help of my uh, friend right here with me today or that I'm with today. I, let me rephrase that. It's his day for business buzz. We also formed this together business buzz because there's a lot of business people in town that would uh, like to be on this show to tell a little about their their business. We're quite selective in who we choose to be on the show, just like I'm selective with CBNA of who is a member there. And it's a very, very modest amount. It's a membership only. It's $50 a month to belong. And uh, there's nothing like it. There's people there that used to be in Business Network International, BNI. Also, they used to be in LATIP. And uh, the last one we got in was Don Thatcher, who advertises on this station and who owns uh, Sweetwater Spa. He's Day quite spa. High, profile, high profile. Day Spa, pardon me. I'm glad you called it. I've got to work on <laughs> he's that. He's very adamant about that. Very difference. adamant. Yeah, he says Day Spa. Get the day. <laughs> so there is a big difference. Uh, it's uh, Sweetwater Day Spa, folks. And he uh, has been a guest on this show a couple of times in the last month. And he is uh, very professional, has the most professional. In fact, it's been on Upgraded Living. He, he has an ad running in there. And they have been uh, voted best of Chico four straight years in a row. Wow, that's so something. For, to have him in my group. And he also used to be the, the uh, president of La Tip. Wow. So he's, a, you know, I'm now, plugging. Latip's another type of BNI style. Latip is right. like BNI. Right. They have a lot of rules and regulations, and uh, that's one thing about our group. We shy away from too many rules and regulations. I tell people, if they can't keep the Ten Commandments, why should we write uh, five or right. ten pages of rules <laughs> right. and regulations? That's just, so we reduced it down to two pages of bylaws, right. which well, took us a while to and, do. And I'm a member of CBNA, and I can vouch for the fact that uh, when you go to a CBNA meeting, you will get some new business just with the group that's there. It's that's all true. Uh, interaction. Uh, everybody gets along well. It's a real great environment for building up your business. They're all hand-picked. In the last two and a half years, I have hand-selected the uh, men and the ladies that are in the group. We're looking for a lady with the hair salon that's interested in coming and visiting us. Uh, we have a room for, for one of those. We have just one from each business, by the way, which I assume most of you people realize out there. We you don't are, have an attorney yet, do you? We don't have a good attorney. No, we don't. It's hard mm. to find a good attorney. Well, <laughs> no comment. I, I'm not going to say any I, more than that. Right, I, I, I teach at the law school. I know a lot of attorneys. No uh, comment. <laughs> there are good ones out there. There are good ones out way. there. So right. that's that's as far as I was going to go with right. that one. I, I'm I'm going to be very careful what I say because uh, a lot of judges, in fact, I think all judges are here in our um, system were former attorneys. So you got to be careful what you say. You might be looking at one someday. <laughs> you know, that uh, that does remind me, uh, if I can just digress a little bit. Sure. It was down at the Gulf of Mexico. Right. And the doctor, the accountant, and the attorney were all swimming. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Did you know no, about I that? No, I didn't. I didn't hear like about it. Would you like to hear about it? I would love to. Okay. I thought you'd never ask. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so all the tourists are on the beach. Right. And these three guys are out swimming around. Mm -hmm. And then a big shark fin, great white shark fin shows up out oh in the boy. water. Oh, boy. So everybody's screaming and screaming. Mm -hmm. And the shark heads straight for the doctor. And ch one chomp and chews him up. And it's, it's mayhem. And he's gone. Wow. Everybody's just screaming, screaming. Wow. And then the, the and the accountants out there and the attorneys still out there, they're swimming, they can't hear anything. Shark heads right toward the accountant. One big chomp. Oh chews him up, you know, big mess and he's wow. gone. And everybody's just screaming and screaming and screaming. And it, you know, the, the shark's heading for the attorney and nobody wants to watch this, but you know, they're it's like watching it driving by an accident. They right. they gotta watch. Moby Dick. And huh? so the shark heads <laughs> out to the attorney. Puts the attorney on his nose just like Flipper and comes up and throws the attorney onto the beach. Wow. And the attorney's dusting himself off and everybody's going, what was that all about? And he looks and he says, professional courtesy. <laughs> professional courtesy. Oh, this is bad. It is bad. And I only said bad. that to, to try to get a laugh. Good. <laughs> I think attorneys are great. They can really help you when you need one. They can. And, uh, you know, can. everybody jokes about how expensive they are, but... If you do your shopping or, you know, you can call me. I know a lot of them because I've been teaching at the law school for years and years. 
and I can kind of funnel people to the right one mm-hmm. so we can figure out a way to not spend $5,000. We can figure out a way to make it work to where it'll be less. You are probably one of the best connections to know in this this area of Chico, in the greater outlying area. Well, you and, know, 28 years at the same location will well, kind of right, do that. And, and being second generation can right, contribute well, to that. Having done taxes yeah. my whole life, yeah. basically. And, and working at the law school. I mean, you are the main go-to guy in my book. Anything I want to know having to do with the IRS, wow. And you've bailed me out of so many things that aren't big messes. Uh, they were big to me, but scary. But uh, you've been my CPA for 15 years, so I can attest to that. And I've sent several people to you. No, and I appreciate the referral. I've got yeah. more. I've yeah. got more to send to you. Oh, I know. I, I, really, I really do. Appreciate I've got this you, electrician uh, that I'm telling you about. Right. Yeah, John, John the electrician, yeah. John Daniels. He's, uh, he's looking for a good CPA. And I told him you're in the group, and I, told, I gave you a great recommendation. And he's, soon, he's going to join the group. He already told me. So as soon as he does, I won't be looking for an electrician anymore. It's, I've been looking for a year for a good electrician that has the time. The good ones don't have the time. Right, they're, to, right. To, but the ones that are planning ahead, they want to keep the networking going. They right. want to keep the business right. flowing. So, so he's all over this. And he Plus, found, most people eat lunch anyway. They might as well do right. it. Right, that's what diner. I tell people. I say, you have time to eat. Yeah. you got to eat sometime and nothing better than to, than to get connected to other things that can do you great. Uh, our general contractor, uh, Jim McCall, who's in the, the group, has been in it since the inception of the group two and a half years ago, and he is the go-to contractor in this town. We're going to take a break now, Douglas. Oh, really? Yeah. Already? Wow. We'll be right back, though. Time's so, fun when you're having hold, flies, hold like the big on. frog said. <laughs> Hi, this is James McDonald, Bible teacher on Walk in the Word. You know, every day we receive emails and letters from listeners just like you, men and women who have been impacted by Christian radio. I got to ask you, have you taken the time to call your radio station lately? Whatever you're doing right now, just stop and pick up the phone. Your station needs to hear from you and know that you're standing with them. I can guarantee that your words of encouragement and financial support will strengthen this station long after your call's been made. It seems like every day I'm asked about vitamin D in the sun. The main question being, how much sunlight do I need to expose myself to get an adequate level of vitamin D? So my answer is simply, use your head. Five or ten minutes in the sun is more than sufficient to create enough vitamin D to maintain good health. Maybe staying out in the sun all afternoon to get your vitamin D isn't the smartest thing in the world. It might not be a bad idea to talk to your primary care provider about getting a test to see how much vitamin D you have circulating in your body. That could tell them whether or not you might need supplementation orally, which is the American Academy of Dermatology's recommended way to supplement vitamin D. So while the professionals work out exactly how much vitamin D we need in our system, use common sense, protect if you need to and consult your primary care physician if you think you might be deficient in vitamin D. I'm Dr. Paul Sabin, and that's the skin you're in. If you have skin care questions, make an appointment today with Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. Call Dr. Paul Sabin today at 342-3686. Again, that's 342-3686. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm going to continue with my little story about the uh, derivatives mess we're in. I have another article here. This is a recent one, and it's uh, the author is named SRS Rocco, S-R-S-R-O-C-C-O. And this, this company, this man at SRS Rocco basically analyzes charts. And, of course, we can't really do charts on the radio but I want to just read you a little bit of this because it relates to what I was talking about before with the derivatives and the plunge protection team and the whole bit. So what it, what he's saying is that 
the, the title of this article is The Reason Why Gold and Silver Have Frustrated Investors Since 2011. As a little background, in 2011, silver reached $50 an ounce, gold reached $1,900 an ounce, and ever since then, it's gone downhill. So, What year was that? 2011. Wow. 2011 was the big year. So, so basically, this article is, is it's interrelated to what I was talking about before, so bear with me a little bit. I want to teach you a lot here. It says, uh, take a good look at the charts in this article. The market warning light, here's his main point. The market warning lights are no longer working. So when the crash happens, it will be a complete surprise. So uh, regardless, the precious metals analysts back in 2012 were forecasting the market was going to experience even higher gold and silver prices, especially after the Fed announced QE3, which is just, just, whenever you hear the word QE, just say money printing at the end of 2012. However, the precious metals community was taken by surprise as gold and silver were hammered by the end of 2012 and into the beginning of 13. Okay, so I'll move along here. Um, during this period, the gold price fell 30% and silver price declined nearly 50%. Did something fundamental change in the markets for investors to suddenly ditch precious metals? Actually, something really big happened. The markets broke. Of course, many in the alternative media believe the financial market died in 08, but when we look at another indicator, and that's what I'm going to tell you about today, it clearly shows that the markets drastically changed even further in 2012. The following charts, now they're giving me a chart from an article, but I'll explain this article. Deutsche Bank, I told you about them, the big derivatives guys. The, this is a quote from Deutsche Bank. The market broke in 2012. This is what everyone is talking about. Show that the market is totally underpricing risk by orders of magnitude never seen before. Now, when I say underpricing risk, I'm reading here, all that means is that the market has no idea of the dangers ahead. And in quotes, in bold, it is similar to someone driving a car that doesn't realize the engine is burning up and the brakes don't work, because the warning lights aren't functioning. So here, the point of this article is um, there's a index called the Economic Policy Uncertainty Index. Okay, that sounds complicated. It's not. It's constructed by counting the frequency of articles in 10 leading U.S. newspapers that contain three of the target terms, economy, uncertainty, Congress, deficit, Federal Reserve, legislation, regulation, or White House. These numbers are then normalized and they're put into an index. Now, here's the point of the article. Right now in the markets, we have a thing called the VIX, which is the volatility index. When volatility, in other words, when prices are moving up and down a lot, VIX is high. That means high volatility. Right now, the VIX is at all-time lows at the same time that the economic policy uncertainty index is at very high, all-time high levels. What this means is that in the normal market, when the uncertainty index is high, so is the VIX. People are worried. They're jumping in and out. They're moving around. They're afraid. Right now, when they say the market is broken, it's because... The uncertainty index is high, but the volatility is low. So what, what it is is that the market has become highly complacent and is seriously underpricing risk. So what it says is that when the next crash happens, and that's why I always recommend that you don't have 100% of your money in a stock market-related asset, when it comes, no one's going to be ready. No one's going to believe it was coming. And that's why I also introduced you to the plunge protection team. So back to that article. Perhaps Americans can now understand why the major U.S. banks such as J.P. Morgan are holding trillions of gambling derivatives on their books as the plunge protection team group of four use them to rig the markets. Sooner or later, these market fixes will no longer hold the bubble from bursting. Thus, we have witnessed the creation and growth of the financial bubble that is on the brink of explosion, and we know who rigs and controls the markets to create this inflated bubble of gambling debt. 
And uh, th- this goes on to mention the fact that um, as as bonds, stocks, and real estate go up, up, up in the stratosphere, uh, precious metals need to be kept down because once the genie's out of the bottle, uh, nobody's going to want to be in the stock market when they realize the risk that they're really taking. So that was my little spiel. What would you think about that, Douglas? Yeah, I was going to comment a couple of times, but I didn't want to interrupt because uh, there's a lot of things that uh, people do. Uh, there's a lot of studies made on uh, on people's habits and how people think. And uh, there's a lot of insightfulness. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is fact. And you know it as well as I do. When you go into a store and buy something with your credit card, you're tracked. They know your habits. They know you. And they sell your name to certain companies. That's right. That Every, will tell a market watched. you because they've surveyed and they know your habits and what you, even what you purchase and even how much you paid for it and when you did it and everything but your mother's maiden name. And they might know that. So I'm, I'm just saying... You're tracked everywhere you go if you pay with a credit card or a debit card. There's they another know. thing about tracking. Uh, in Venezuela, right? you know how these days if you want to save money, you register like at Safeway with your club card? Right. I Yeah, exactly. Well, in Venezuela, when the whole mess hit the fan down there and right. the people ran out of stuff on the shelves to uh-huh. sell, to buy, they made it a crime to hoard Oh, wow. So if you wanted to stock up for your family with uh-huh. canned food, water, and toilet uh-huh. paper, uh-huh. you were a criminal and they wouldn't let you. This leads right into something I want to say. Right. So that's Back in the Johnny Carson day, I saw this with my own eyes. Those of you that go back that far and remember Johnny Carson or have even heard your parents talk about Johnny Carson, he was a late night show host. He was kind of like the David Letterman with a lot more class and... Uh, had his own clothing company, sold uh, Johnny Carson suits. He was a, he was he, a huge, he, he huge was a big, yeah. big entertainer back in the day of uh, the Dean Martin day. The, 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 the those people, and uh, this was back, I think, clear back in the late fifties or early sixties, somewhere throughout the whole. Well, I was watching for, him in the seventies. So okay. I used to watch him every he night. He went for a decade or two. I mean, he lasted a long time. Oh yeah, time. he was like host for twenty, long twenty-five time. years. Yeah, a long he also time. hosted like four or five Oscar. Ceremonies. Right, right. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. But anyways, very famous man and very classy. But he had a, a, a dr- kind of a dry and humorous sense of, of saying things, and uh, really had a huge audience. So what I wanted to say, he did this. I saw it happen on a late night show. He said, "Listen," he said, "Did you know?" He said, "I've got an inside tip on this." He said, "No, seriously." He said, "There's going to be a shortage of toilet paper." At all the markets, he said, "There's I don't know why this is, and he was very serious about it, but it was just a setup and uh, a survey. They were going to do a survey on the reaction of the masses out there, and it worked. And he said, no, they're, really, you, you'll see it happen. He said, by tomorrow or the next day, he said, it's, it's predicted to happen. Well, guess what? He was right. But but it, it actually uh, happened. It, it actually happened right. because, because of him. He said it was because he said it was going to happen. And so the people went and they yeah. were just scarfing all yeah. the the uh, toilet paper they could get off the shelf. They were hoarding, like you said. Right. They were hoarding the toilet paper because right. they said they no, thought we it can't. was going to be a shortage. Yeah. yeah. And it would have worked if they'd have said there's a shortage on T-bone steaks. It doesn't matter what he said. Right. But they listened to him. People, the millions and millions of people listened to him. Right. And took his advice, <laughs> and it was hilarious <laughs> because it worked only because he said it was going to happen. Right. So there is this same scenario with the government. They get the words out there that right. they want to manipulate and control the masses. Right. And it works with, the opposite with, way, too. They're right. telling everybody there's no shortage of gold sure. and silver. Exactly. So you don't go out and buy That's it. That's where I was going with right. this. Right. So we're on the same page, right. Harold. Right. We understand past right. what uh, a lot of people out there just listen. Did you know they said this? I said, I don't care what they said. Right. You got to read between the lines. Whatever they say, pretty much figure the opposite. Right. You have to look at history and right. how they've used the media, like CNN and all these. And and Donald Trump's a perfect example of this. They've they've to make the news big and to get higher ratings. We just saw it. We just talked about it. Yeah. Um, what what who was the man? I can't think of his name. But tell me about the uh, the thing just showed up. It just showed up on oh, uh, the one just recently. The one just recently. Oh yeah. What wasn't it? Was it CNN or was it another program? Well, CNN's having trouble with the uh, Trump wrestling video. Did you read about that? No, I haven't followed that He's yet. In but trouble I was with that. But uh, I was talking about that one issue 
in which uh, the CEO of the news, this big oh, news, yeah. I came think out. it, I yeah, think it was CNN. From Project Veritas. There you in, go. Right. That's it. They now came it's in coming and back. acted like an, uh, an official interview. Right. And they got the guy to They got the him to admit to there is no that the Russian reason anything. he's doing about the Russian and, thing, and after that, just for the ratings, to jack that, up the ratings. And after for after the, that comes yeah. out, Trump ends up saying it, it, it probably is the Russians. <laughs> he's <laughs> messing know, about You know what this reminds turn. me of? A mad magazine. I don't know who's subscribed ever right. or who's read a mad Spy versus spy. Spy versus spy. <laughs> it's it's like a joke. It's so pathetic. But but so, you know, we'll we'll get on right. with the program here. Well, but I'm I, just saying I had one I had one other thing to talk about uh, business wise that'll I think everybody'll find interesting. Let's hear it. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it with a little riddle. Okay. What do electric cars, solar panels, and rocket ships have in common? Oh, I give up. What? Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a new cologne. <laughs> it's the it, chairman of Tesla Motors, right? Solar City, right? And SpaceX. Okay. Those are three big companies. Okay. So I did a little research. And uh, the bottom line is we're going to have to wait till the next segment. So we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And we'll be right back with Tell our, us about our boy Elon. answer to our quiz, our, <laughs> our boy Mr. Musk. Okay. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. Which is bigger? This is Ken Ham, contributor to the family-friendly apologetics magazine, Answers. Yesterday we learned that Noah's Ark wasn't a cute little fairy tale boat. It was a massive wooden ship that was over 500 feet long. But just how big is that? Well, that's almost 200 feet longer than the height of the famous Big Ben clock tower. And it's longer than the height of the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's one and a half football fields in length and three NASA space shuttles would fit across the Ark's deck. The Ark was a massive ship. Many of us are so used to seeing the Ark as a little flimsy boat, we forget how big it actually was. Noah had more than enough room for two of every kind of land-dwelling, air-breathing animal, food and supplies, and his family aboard the Ark. Want to know more about Noah's Ark, the flood, and the animals? Go to AnswersRadio.com. You can also sign up for free daily email insights from Ken Ham when you visit AnswersRadio.com. This is Pastor Glenn from Butte Bible Fellowship. I want to take a moment to invite you to come to Christ, to ask Him into your life, to ask Him to forgive you of sin and be your Lord and Savior today. Take that step, ask Him, pray to Him, and then tell someone that you've made that decision. God bless you in your new life. Pastor Glenn Cheney and KKXX, sharing the good news with Northern California. We're back at the Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA, and you can reach me anytime at 895-3353. I offer a free initial consultation. So I'd love to meet you and talk about anything tax or financial uh, you need help with. So before the break, I was mentioning a name, Elon Musk, E-L-O-N Musk. And I would imagine if you talk to a 20-something type these days, they'll probably know this guy's name because he's kind of like the latest of Steve Jobs. He's like the replacement for Steve Jobs. The young people think he's God's gift because he's manufacturing Teslas. So I've got this article from the uh, Los Angeles Times. It's actually a couple years old, but it's really a good summary. And I'm sure everything's still pretty much the same or worse. And uh, basically, uh, Mr. Musk owns a Tesla, which is the electric car company. Right. Uh, solar City, which does tons of uh, solar panels for home, uh, you know, energy, uh, getting off the grid, 
And what I understand they do with that, just to let people be informed out there, is they don't sell, they just lease. Well, I that, think they do both. They do both? Yeah, depending on what you well, need. Their yeah. whole push, their whole push is be to lease because the they make a better. lot more money and you're... You get tied up on a 25 or 35-year right. lease, and you can't sell your house. And then what happens if a, the thing goes bad 20 <laughs> yeah, years from now? I know. So anyway, so uh, no, uh, and then he also has a company called SpaceX, which is a private company, but he's already making deals for launch pads in Texas. Wow. And uh, But the, the point of this article that I wanted to share with everybody, because if you hear this guy's name and everybody you know, bows down and starts worshiping the guy... Uh, to, these three companies together have benefited from an estimated $4.9 billion in government support. Wow. The figure underscores a common theme running through his emerging empire, a public-private financing model underpinning long-shot startups. And then a quote from one guy, uh, he definitely goes where there is government money. That's a great strategy, but the government will cut you off one day. So... Just uh, the highlights of this article is um, the the Times, uh, the figures compiled by the Times comprises a variety of government incentives, including grants, tax breaks, factory construction, discounted loans, and environmental credits that Tesla can sell. Now, get this. Yes. All of the car companies are required to produce zero emissions cars. Hmm. But since GM, Ford, and Chrysler can't, they buy the credits from Tesla. <laughs> so, that, so that's another, that's a, that's a backhanded subsidy. Wow. Okay. So um, it also includes tax credits and re- rebates to buyers of solar panel and electric cars. I'll give you a quick one on that. If I'm going to charge a fee to do somebody's income tax, and let's just say it's 500 bucks, that'd mm-hmm. be on the high end, folks, but let's say it is. If the government offered my customers a 30% tax credit for what they paid me to get their tax done, right? do you think I could charge them more maybe? Mm, that's a thought. Okay. That's what <laughs> happens when you get a 30% credit for your solar panels. That's what's happening. These companies like SolarCity are getting a government subsidy. Mm. You can't, you know, you can't speak out of two sides of your mouth here. Okay, Tesla and Solar City. Okay, so you would think, well, that's okay because the guy's a multi-billionaire. He's making a fortune, right? You'd think. Yeah, well, you'd be <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Tesla and Solar City continue to report net losses after a decade in business, but the stocks of both companies have soared on their potent on their potential. This is all about potential. Nothing's real. That's what I was talking about. That whole plunge protection team. Um, Musk's stakes in the firm alone is worth about $10 billion. Musk and his company's investors enjoy most of the financial upside of the government support while taxpayers shoulder the cost. Oh, and by the way, for this article, Musk declined repeated requests for an interview through Tesla spokespeople. But uh, the subsidies have been disclosed in public records and company filings, but the full scope of the public assistance hasn't been tallied because it has been granted over time from different levels of government. Now, wait till you hear this. I'm listening. You would think the state of New York, they're pretty smart back there, right? think so. They, they think they are. They think so. New York State is spending $750 million to build a solar panel factory in Buffalo for Solar City. The San Mateo-based company, that's uh, Solar City, will lease the plant. How much do you think they'll pay for the plant per year? I don't have a clue. One dollar per year. (laughs) It will not pay property taxes for a decade. Wow. Which would otherwise total an estimated $260 million. The federal government also provides tax credits to cover 30% cost of the installations, like I was saying. So they receive $500 million of those. The figure, however, doesn't capture the full value of the government's support. Now, here's where it gets really even more interesting. Nevada has agreed to provide Tesla with $1.3 billion in incentives to help build a massive battery factory near Reno. I happened to have just talked to someone yesterday who bought a house in Reno, and we were just talking about it's booming up there with all these people needing a place to live Mm -hmm. because Tesla has opened this gigantic factory. 
Well, what's what's amazing to me? Let me interject something here: is Tesla really wanted to put their their uh, factory and their whole entourage here in California? Wasn't it in Glen County? It or was something? down there. And thanks to our like thanks or, to our illustrious, illustrious governor, who's our, who's yeah. greedy along with all his entourage, and they're so greedy that Tesla couldn't make a deal with them. They wanted too much money, and he said, "Why should I even talk with you? I can go across the border." And, and, and he did it in Reno. He did it. Yeah. Well, now that may end up being smart, though, based on what this is saying. Oh, it is because, smart. Yeah. So the, the uh, uh, but public subsidies for Musk's companies stand out both for the amount relative to the size of the companies and for their dependence on them. Government support is a theme of all three of these companies, and without it, none of them would be around. Hmm. Now, that doesn't sound like free enterprise to me. <laughs> Musk has proved so adept at landing incentives that states now compete to give him money. Wow. As his star has risen, every state wants a piece of Elon Musk. Before his current oh, here's how he started out, or one of his things. Before his current ventures, he made a substantial he made a substantial sum from eBay Incorporated's $1.5 billion purchase of PayPal, the electronic payment system, which Musk held an eleven percent stake. Anyway, um, so my my point of all this is that don't always believe what you see or hear and don't assume that just because someone's rich means he's a great businessman. Right. Now, in this case, he is a great businessman. Well, number one, I'm not sure how he acquired his 11% of PayPal, but that was pretty smart and he made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take that away from him. Right. I actually won't take away from him the fact that he's a multi-billionaire. No. I will take away for the fact that if his entire profitability is solely based on government subsidies, that's not really the type of business person we're hoping to that, that's spawn not helping, here. Not helping the country. No, because <laughs> he's not. And, and JFK, remember JFK? Oh, Let's don't forget yeah. him. Oh, you he mean, said, you mean ask the original not, whistleblower? Yeah, yeah, the original whistleblower. <laughs> right. at, at our, our illustrious president, 30-some years old when he got in. 38. 40, he was like 41. Was he 40? But he was the okay, youngest ever, okay. yeah. Well, he was just past around there, close right, to the 40. Right, right. One side or the other. But he said, ask not what you... what." Your, Ask not what your country can do for you, Mr. Musk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what you can do for your government. <laughs> he didn't use it. Notice how carefully worded that was. Ask not what... Yeah. How does that go? No, again? he said, ask not what you can do for you, your country. Right. But ask what... No, no. Well, ask no, ask not, not what your what country your can country do, do for you. Ask what you can yeah. do for your country. But if he would have worded that and changed the word, ask not what the what you can do for the government, no, what the government can do for you, right. but what you can do for the government, <laughs> right. that wouldn't have gone over, maybe like a lead balloon. <laughs> right. But, but you know, but but just one word, If words are important. That's right. If you don't think words are important, hire an attorney. That's you right. Know? That's right. <laughs> you know, we were talking about that earlier, the whole idea of government. I think all of the problems we have is based on one mistake, Exactly. The one mistake is we've gotten so dependent, like Mr. Musk, on the government. Right. And like, I don't know, that's a the number of people on food stamps, and I'm not knocking food stamps because when a family needs help, they need help. But the number of families on assistance has doubled in the last 10 or 12 years. It's, it's worse than it was in the 1930s, I think. Of course, they didn't have all those programs at the start of the Depression. But the whole idea is that the big mistake we've all made is we're now dependent on the government for everything, and we're now serving the government. That's just like it was. And the government in, is supposed to serve the it's people. It's history repeating itself. In the days of Joseph, a long time ago, Joseph was the, the second to the youngest son of... Uh, uh, anyway, won't go into all the, the heritage, but... Back in the time of famine, it got so bad that uh, Joseph invited his family and his father down. Once he found out where they were, he, he, they came down. Joseph is Mary's husband, is that right? No, the, this is a different Joseph. A oh, different, different Joseph, okay. Yeah, it's different Joseph. This is Joseph way back in the time, uh, back in the beginning Remind of me, the Jewish. After you get done with this, right. I have a quick Bible question for you. Okay, I'll see if I can Go answer ahead. it. But back... Uh, 
Joseph's father was Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, and those 12 sons, uh, Reuben and uh, Jacob, I mean, not Jacob, Reuben and... and uh, they named sandwiches after all of them? <laughs> you're, you're, don't, don't get me distracted. I'm trying to get this right. Uh, anyway, Reuben there were 12, Cla- there were 12 Reuben, tribes of Israel. Reuben, Club, came, and Monte Cristo. 12, 12, you're terrible. 12 tribes of Israel came from... One I remember man. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Well, Jacob became the father of the 12 sons that became the founders of the 12 tribes of Israel. And all I'm saying is they ended up going down to Egypt. Joseph was given by the Pharaoh the command of all of Egypt to store up for so many years, for seven years. And uh, I'm going to make this real short and paraphrase it. Uh, so what happened is... They depended on Egypt for their food supply. Right, the Pharaoh, which is okay. the government. Right. The Pharaoh right. was a, the government. I mean, right. he was the head of all Egypt. Right. So they had to come down and be subservient to Egypt. And Egypt basically ended up owning them and turned them into slaves right. for 490 years. Right. And they never have forgotten that. Right. That's a good That's the same good story scenario. Too. It's repeated history of what's going on with us. And Thomas Jefferson had a famous saying, and I know you could probably quote it, but I'm going to paraphrase that. When when you become so dependent on the government to take care of you, the government will take care of you. They'll make sure you're their servants, just like they, for 490 years, served Egypt. Right. They'll take care of you, right. all right? They'll yeah. own you. Right. And then what are you going to do? Right. And they'll feed You'll be you, a slave they'll to They'll feed the, you if you behave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll turn back into communism. Right. That's always the history right. of any government that's powerful that gets the people dependent on the government. It sounds great. Oh, they'll take care of me. They'll, that's why people are coming in here, but the droves from other countries, even illegals, are getting subsidies from the government. Right. Missouri is one state that doesn't allow that, which is amazing. Well, they're I, also like in the middle of, it takes a while to get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but they don't give any freebies to any anybody that's illegal. Does right. not. They have to leave and go somewhere else. And I think that's great for so a state to of, take yeah. a stand like that. Wow. Wow. So now I don't mean to be no, we're too done. obnoxious on this, but I got to ask something. Hear it. In the Bible, doesn't the Bible spend quite a bit of time detailing Joseph, Mary's husband? You know, his, it's a, his genealogy backwards. Yeah, it goes clear back. Now, wait, why do we need to know that if it was a virgin birth? I know. Let me tell <laughs> You've you. You've already thought of that. I can, yeah, I okay. can answer That's that question. That's something I've always wondered about. B- because. Because of the importance that Joseph did have an earthly father as a figure, but it wasn't his son. You mean Jesus having an Jesus, earthly father? Jesus didn't have a real earthly father as far as as uh, as the actual encountering right, right. her as a male-female relationship right. and having a child. Okay. But as far as a figurehead of standing for, yes, she was married, and he it, that was like his stepfather. His right. real father was God Almighty. Right. And uh, not to be confused, he was not of this earth. That's fine, but there was a purpose to doing the lineage thing. De- deeper than that, I've got one little thing that's 10 seconds long. Go ahead. Because of that, he did not have a sin nature. He was born... Without a sin nature, it was impossible for him to sin because of that. And I've gone round and round with pastors over that. I said, I can show you verse after verse after verse. The sin nature in the New Testament, it shows clearly, comes only through the father, not the mother. The mother's just the garden. The father is the one that hands down the sin nature. It's proven. I can show you verses, and that's a whole other well, subject. I, I know you're, but a, it's you're, awesome. a, you're a it's student awesome. of the Bible. I am. I'm a, I'm a, I love Jesus, and I'm, he helps me every day. Yeah, he does. He helps us all, with, and none of us deserve it. But, <laughs> but, you know, we have to keep falling down and getting back up and that's coming right. back. It's about well, repentance, folks. It's been a great hour. Thanks, everybody. I hope yeah. you enjoyed what we uh, discussed. And come back every day from three at 3 o'clock for the Business Buzz. And I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. And I'm Douglas call, Broughton. And call us anytime. We're happy to talk K-K-X-X, to you. KKXX Paradise. K280GL Chico. And K283AR Chico. Yuba City, Marysville. You're about to ride through the good life here with Mike the Wine Guy Rayford. Hi, this is Mike Rayford inviting you to join me every Saturday from 2 to 4 right here on KKXX Chico for The Good Life Show where we talk about food, wine, travel, and lifestyle. Tune in on KKXX Chico to get all your good life needs.
Warning. The following may include happiness, smiling, laughter, bundles of joy, spontaneous hugging, and overall a good time. Two to four right here on KKXX Chico. Mill Creek Restaurant in Los Molinos would like to remind listeners to keep an eye on children at play in the community and look out for any suspicious activity. If you have any information concerning a missing child, call your local authorities immediately. This message from Mill Creek Restaurant. Whether you're barely hungry or hungry as a bear, stop by 8051 State Highway 99 East in Los Molinos. They're serving lunch and dinner and reminding us that it's easier to prevent a child from being taken than to find one who's already missing. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. With the world watching, President Trump and Russian leader Vladimir Putin will hold their first face-to-face meeting on Friday. As investigations into Russia's interference in the 2016 election continue, President Trump is under intense scrutiny over how he handles his meeting with Putin. The two leaders are getting together on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Germany. Back home, several Democratic senators served notice that Mr. Trump would be in severe dereliction of his presidential duty if he fails to confront 